redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. They oh, know. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we'll search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform your response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Kolpa by King's Kaleidoscope. What's happening, everyone? Tim Wilson here with Fluent Grace Podcast. Welcome back in to episode number 12. Is that where we're at over here? 11, 12. 11, 12. I lost count. Hey, once we hit double digits, we got so excited that we forgot how to count. So. It's very true. You know what I can't wait for now? What's that, Tim? Triple digits. Oh, golly. That's, that's, that's a while away. That's next. That is next. Yeah. My, my four-year-old is, uh, has learned how to count. Yeah, we're getting close to triple digits. Shoot, yeah. So if I can teach him to count using podcast episodes, <laughs> that's parenting goals that, right hey, there, Tim. There you go. Just go ahead and pat me on the back, and you know, give me a prize or something. <laughs> uh, we won't even mention the the next digit. So, nope. I don't know if I could count to the next digit. So, well, I mean, isn't your wife a, a kindergarten teacher? She could. In, include that in her curriculum, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think they struggle counting to twenty, though. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So quadruple digits. Uh, you know, if we had our public school counterpart here, he could probably do it for us. But <laughs> where's he at, Tim? Tyler is absent again today. So all you fans of the great Tyler Lafoy, send him an email, shoot him a text. Let me give you his number real quick. Two oh five. You know what's funny is if you look at the uh, the specs on this podcast, we probably just lost like half our listeners when they found out Tyler wasn't going to be on this episode. That's true. Because every time that I ask my mom if she likes the <laughs> podcast, she goes, Tyler's hilarious. I'm like, what do you think about me and Tim? Eh, you know, Tyler's hilarious though. Yep, yep. That's true. I, I've had a couple of interactions like that myself. Uh, but on the flip side of it, you know, everybody in Forkland can now listen again. That's true. Uh, all the homeschoolers can jump back on. All the Mormons. All the Mormons. Y'all are welcome to come listen because Tyler's not around. The Mississippians. Catholics. Catholics. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. We got a list as a long list as my folks. leg. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody that is in that list that you know decided not to listen because Tyler was going to rip on you a little bit, now's your chance. Welcome back. We could advertise this up, this podcast like that, you know? We could. We could. <laughs> Tyler's not here. Everybody listen. Fluent Grace <laughs> Podcast. Oh, how you been doing? We're uh we're a week and a half away from our last episode, so it's been a little minute. It has been. It has been. Got to go to the beach. Totally Man. got sunburnt. Man, nice. I'm you know, I've been working this job in the hospital, so as they don't let sunlight in the hospital? They don't let much sunlight in the hospital. You mm. get a little bit, but not enough to get any type of tan. And mm. so I took took the old shirt off on the beach and you know it, I, my chest was brighter than the sun but uh that didn't equal well uh you know didn't vote well for my uh my skin though with all that sun because 
pretty sure I went through three or four layers. And, uh, yeah. Now, when you get sunburned at the beach, do you just say, oh, I'm just going to man up and deal with it, or do you throw the shirt back on? Oh, I'm just going to man up. All right. Yeah. That, so you're going straight tomato. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lobster, tomato, <laughs> apple, yeah. whatever. It's, it's uh, right. as much SPF 50 or 70 or whatever number they go to now. They keep going up. You ever notice that? I saw SPF 100 the other day. Uh, whatever the highest is, I had it on. I'm pretty and it sure didn't that's help. more SPF than a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You could put a sweater on and get like more sun than that. Yep. But definitely the. Uh, the uh, aloe vera and uh, moisturizing cream were my best friends mm. during that trip. Mm. How long were you down there? We stayed five days, oh, man. four days. Five days at the beach. It was nice. It was relaxing. How many high school students you see down there? Not that many. Like no? it was weird. There was not that many people down there. I think it's because it's like right in graduation season, so people weren't. Yeah, that's true. Beach, so. All the students that are out there are actually trying to cram and catch up on all the work they didn't do this entire semester to hey, try to pass the grade. That's one of the best things that ever happened to me was learning the word procrastinations. <laughs> You're yeah. patient enough to procrastinate to the last minute. Yeah. Life skills right there, folks. Life skills. <laughs> oh, I'm going to I'm gonna hear about this one, but I'm still going to say it. You know, when the teacher says uh, the due date, D-U-E, is this date? Well, for me, that means it's the due date is the D-O the day before. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that, that definitely got the, uh, got the heart rate racing the day before the big project was due, and I still had nothing. What was the biggest project that you put off to the last minute? Oh, wow. Like from, that from start to finish, you had to do the whole project night before. Oh, definitely senior year, uh, last assignment in English, and uh, we had to make, we had to bring a, a visual um, uh, for this book that we read, and uh, yeah, the night before, I was at my grandparents' house making a sword out of some, like, <laughs> old wood. <laughs> They let you bring a sword to public school. Well, I mean, it, my my woodworking skills are not that oh. good, so they wasn't that good of a no. sword. But the funny part was the teacher absolutely loved it, so that's all that matters. You could have busted up in there with one of those little, like magician balloon swords. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I could have. Could or have. the pool noodle. Uh huh. That would have worked as well. Nice. I think for me, I actually this was like four weeks ago, but I had a class. It was a uh, distance class that I had four months to complete it. And there were two papers due, midterm and final, plus all the lectures you had to listen to. And I got an email uh, three months into it, so I had a month left, reminding me of that, and I hadn't done anything. <laughs> so I had to complete my four-month class in one month. So I didn't put it off till the very last night, um, but it was too close for comfort. Oh, yeah. Too close for comfort. So all that to say, all you high schoolers out there, college students, uh, you know, at least give yourself a couple nights. You know, don't put it off to the very last one. Yep. Yep. But anyway, I, di I did, uh, I was looking at the old podcast stats, and there may be a few folks that are interested in this. So it shows you where folks are listening. 
you know, we're based out of Tuscaloosa, Northport um, area here in Alabama. Roll Tide, Nick Saban, that's like any, that's all anybody knows about Alabama. But although we are right next to Mississippi, I guess that may identify some, <laughs> help, help some folks out with it. Anyway, so Tuscaloosa and Northport, ever since we started this thing 11 or 12 episodes ago, they're the ones that have listened to it the most, right? Which makes sense because we know people here. This past week, we had a new city overtake Tuscaloosa and Northport. What? How about that? No way. It is not even in the state of Alabama. Really? It's not in the state of Mississippi. Oh, my. I knew that. I could have told you <laughs> that. We lost all those listeners a long time ago. That's true. You know, matter of fact, I don't think I've seen any city in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the old word's gotten around. Hey, Mississippi, don't listen. But anyway, like we said at the beginning, now's your chance. Uh no, it is in the great state of Texas. Oh, everything's city, bigger in Texas. That's true. Everything is bigger. Even the podcast world. <laughs> the old podcast numbers in Texas are shooting on up there. Uh, San Antonio, Texas. No way. How about that? Shout out San Antonio. The Alamo, Davy Crockett, San Antonio Spurs. I don't know. What else is San Antonio known for? Um, I've only been there once. I've never been there. Yeah. Sure, we went there as a, uh, that was before you joined, wasn't it? That was it? before I was old enough. 2009, we took a youth group mission trip to San Antonio. Did a little inner city, I guess, inner, I don't know, inner city work. Um, so, yeah, did the whole Alamo. Um, did the, I think they have like a river walk market thing. It's pretty cool. Cool. They take boats down the river next, like through the mall or something. I don't know. Anyway, all that to say, shout out San Antonio. Um, and in honor of you guys, I found this story about San Antonio. So um, this was from uh, the end of last year. They put out a basically the best of um, news stories from San Antonio. Best of uh, Texas news stories in 2018. How about this one? I, the headline says this, San Antonio aquarium shark stolen, disguised as a baby safely returned <laughs> i just have one question does it say how big this baby slash this shark this disguise as a baby how big was this thing it did it did it's one and a half feet okay that, so it was a real little shark yeah but check this out all right a shark stolen from the san antonio aquarium has since been safely returned the leon valley police department i guess that's where san antonio is the leon valley Shout out, Leon. We love you, too. Uh, said two men and a woman, woman, women, two men and a woman stole a one-and-a-half-foot horn shark from the local aquarium, disguising it as a baby. This is how they did it. One of the men grabbed the shark by the tail while the other man and the woman wrapped it in a wet blanket, took it into a back room, <laughs> put it in a bucket, and then put the bucket into a stroller and took it home. <laughs> Sounds like security was was a little lacking that day if they let the bucket just stroll on out of there. Like, if you're the security guard, though, think about this. You're, you know, working the aquarium. I'm going to go with the last thing I expect is somebody to walk off with a shark. Yeah, I must, I'd say that. You know, maybe the gift shop. Yeah, he's, uh, he's cracking down on, on candy getting stolen from the gift yeah, shop while yeah. the sharks are just... Even stuffed sharks, you know, <laughs> little plush animal for my little kid. Uh, you know, I may be I may be paying attention to folks that are using the flash in the dark aquarium room, 
you know, you don't want to hurt the the deep sea dwellers' eyesight or vision. So I may be checking that. I'm not going to be watching for folks to steal a shark. Nope. Not happening. So anyway, that was just something from the old San Antonio. We love you guys. Watch out for the old shark thieves. You got to watch out for them. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's it. So anyway, so today, uh, obviously we're absent Tyler. So uh, we'll probably be a little shorter today. Uh, but we're just going to kind of keep doing what we started last week and talking about questions that students have. And again, this is from a list that uh, was submitted as being like some of the some of the top questions that students ask. Uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit. I do want to follow up on last uh, week's episode though. we talked about how we know what God's will is. Uh, we talked about um, how can you tell what music is good, music is bad. Uh, and then how to live with parents and siblings who either don't know Christ or are living in a way that would uh, not please Christ. Uh, and if you listen to that, hopefully you did. Um, I think there's some decent stuff in there. I will. I do want to just clarify, though, especially as we're talking about what God's will is, we use the verse in 1 Corinthians, was it, 1031, I believe mm-hmm. it says, uh, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. You know, in talking about whatever we are doing, we are to do it for God's glory, um, and that is God's will for our life at that time. And, you know, we said a lot of times we over-spiritualize it and um, and that kind of thing. And it almost sounded like, as I was listening back to it, it almost sounded like any choice we make could be God's will for us. And I wanted to clarify that a little bit because there are some bad choices you can make that are not God's will. So... You know, when we're talking about sin, if you choose sin, that is not God's will for your life. Mm. Now, it happened, and so you have to then get out of it in some way. But I just wanted to clarify that. What we are not saying is that even if you choose sin, well, I chose it, so it must be God's will. Now I've got to glorify God in it. It's not possible to glorify God by sinning. Amen. You know, that's not it. So uh, just make sure that as, as we think about that, we are definitely separating the uh, choice to sin versus the choice to do other things. So I think that's a, uh, a needed distinction there. So for today, though, uh, here's the question we're going to start with. And I'll let you take a stab at this first there, Mr. Colin Sherrill. All right. How do you take a stand with your friends, uh, or what do you do when you have a friend that is becoming rebellious? You know, when I first hear this question, I think about um, my friendships in particular. Uh, There are many that I'm, you know, there are certain little things that I could nitpick about the friends, uh, little things that they do that I might not agree with. Um, There's things that they also do that I do agree with. Um, So I think first and foremost, you have to know your friends. Um, You have to you know, know their character, know who they are, uh, what they stand for. Um, and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people, especially students, uh, will, you know, make mistakes on is being friends with this person because they drive a nice truck or being friends with this person because they have a pool in the backyard. Um, well, yeah, those are nice things, but that does not by any means show that they, you know, have good character. They show, um, you know, they encourage you, they lift you up, etc. And so I think that's a big thing is 
knowing your friends and choosing your friends wisely. So yeah, first step, obviously choosing your friends uh, wisely. Uh, there is a difference though between friends and acquaintances. Obviously, That's true. Mm-hmm. you know. So if I'm in a, a public school setting, uh, I'm gonna have a lot of acquaintances, just because I've got class with a bunch of folks. And my guess is that in that setting, I'm probably not going to be friends with all of them, though Facebook and Instagram would say otherwise. You know, <laughs> We can get in the whole friends on Facebook debate. Is that really a friend? Yeah, probably not, but uh, that's, a, that's another debate for another time. We'll wait for Tyler on that one. <laughs> he can jump all over. He may have one. a few thoughts, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, first off, choosing friends, that's, that's important. Um, so then let's you know, say, for example, I've got a good friend that, follower of Jesus, loves Jesus, obeys Jesus, honors their parents, uh, respects authority, is a good sibling. Um, well, something happens and, and they become, you know, the question here says they become rebellious. I think you could also throw in there kind of to our discussion a couple of weeks ago about doubt. You know, say that friend now starts to doubt their faith in Christ and kind of turn their back on what they grew up believing. You know, how do you respond to that and how do you um, be a good friend there. You know, I would say probably next in line after, you know, what Colin said about first choosing your friends wisely. But if in this situation, uh, don't stop being a friend. Hmm. You know, I think too all, all too often, especially the Christian student, and I'm specifically speaking to high school students at this point, but it would apply to college students or adults or whatever. I think all too often, you know, we get this idea that as a Christian student, I can only have Christian student friends. You know, that's not correct at all. So uh, what that communicates when I have that perspective is judgment. You know, it's saying that I am better than so-and-so, or Jesus likes me better than so-and-so, or whatever it is. And that is horrible. <laughs> you know, I'll just put it that. I mean, that's horrible. That, mm. that's, that's not being a friend at all. That's I don't know, trying to prop yourself up and make yourself look good and, you know, feel better about yourself, which comes from, my guess is, comes from some personal insecurities and um, all kinds of other things. So, I, you know, first thing I would say is don't stop being a friend, right? Be a friend. Love that person. Yeah, you can recognize and be discerning about the things that they're doing and the things that they may now say they believe or don't believe, um, but that shouldn't change the way you treat them and interact with them. And I think at the end of the day, in anything, that your friend, that person, they are 100% over their life. You can't control them. You can't make the decision for them, uh, whether they're turning from God or just doing stuff that you consider to be bad. Uh, you can't change them. Um, it is their decision 100%. And so in that... Uh, we have this thing called prayer, and, um, you know, I, just for an example, you know, I have a prayer list to where, you know, I pray for a couple of my friends that are going through uh, situations in their life um, that are you know, not very good situations, um, but I lift them up in prayer daily, and I 100% would say that God has a lot more power and a lot more influence uh, on that person's life than I I will. And so I'm going to put it in his hands to handle the situation. And uh, a lot of people a lot of people will try to control the situation, be in charge of it. I'm going to gung ho take over here. 
Well, and that's yeah. exactly what you're doing when you decide to quit being friends with that person. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, let's say, for example, you have a friend who I, I just heard of a situation um, like this uh, fairly recently. But, you know, you have a friend uh, who you find out has a alternate lifestyle, mm-hmm. shall we say. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that, oh, my goodness, I now know this person has a a lifestyle that's different than mine. I don't believe that's right, so I'm now going to not have anything to do with this person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Are you painting a good picture of Jesus at that point, if that's what you do? No, not at all. Uh, Jesus hung out with the tax collectors and the sinners. (laughs) You couldn't get much, uh, you know, in terms of alternate lifestyles at that point. That was pretty alternate right there, you know. (laughs) Jesus hung out with them, ate dinner with them, loved them, taught them. Um, he didn't approve their sin, and he didn't say, yeah, you're cool, just do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, come follow me. No, he held them accountable and responsible for what they were doing, but he still loved them. So, you know, I don't think we can ever say, you know, just because a friend of mine is uh, becoming rebellious, as this question says, or struggling with doubt, or wanting to turn away from Christ, or whatever, Right, you may be the person that Jesus has put in their life to show them an accurate representation of who He is and His love for them. So I know you hear it a lot of times in in evangelism, right? You may be the only Jesus that person ever sees, mm. and that's true with your friends as well. You may be the only friend that they have that sticks with them and shows them Christ. So, absolutely, I get to do the Tyler part in this episode. Hey, come on. Next. <laughs> so here's here's kind of a next. It's kind of related, though. Uh, there are situations, though, where you can't associate with that person. So let's say, for example, that uh, you're in high school, and you've got a friend who decides to start smoking, doing drugs, drinking alcohol, whatever it is, right? That is illegal. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew that, right? If you're a student and you did not know that, Newsflash, right? That is illegal. <laughs> you can't do that. If you get caught, you're going to jail. So obviously in those type situations, if a friend is participating in that kind of behavior, if you stick around that friend, you could very easily uh, have to go through the same consequences just for being around them. Guilty by association. Exactly. So if it is a, again, if it is a matter of, you know, something like that that they're participating in, in no way are we saying that you got to stick with them and either a participate in what they're doing or b even you know be around them mm-hmm. um, at that point I, I would say you have a responsibility to tell somebody about it yeah in my uh in my work with the campus life here in Tuscaloosa we had a a saying uh, get them out of their comfort zone and so we use that um, specifically towards students that that we we knew you know we're in situations like that you know uh, whether it be uh, you know they were addicted to tobacco whether they're addicted to alcohol or drugs etc let's get them out of that let's get them out of that comfort zone get them in get them in an environment where they they don't have that option where it's just us and it doesn't have to be church it can be just going out to eat somewhere I mean McDonald's is cheap and so just get them out of that Dollar comfort menu. zone. Take them to Crystal. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> hey, you'll see Tyler there, and y'all can hang out, and, you know, there you go. Yeah. 
but yeah, just just um, be intentional as well. You know, uh, use your words wisely um, in trying to um, be there for that friend. Yeah. So this, you know, the the actual question that then follows that up is, how do you separate from bad friends without hurting them or making them think you're stuck up? Uh, how do you be a witness to your friends and still be accepted? Um, so I think in those situations when you are dealing with behavior that is not uh, something that you need to be a part of, again, it, it still goes all back to that, what we talked about at the beginning, though. You still love that person through the situation, hmm. and you still love them in the middle of their sin because that's what it is. Maybe let's you know let's take another example. Let's say that another situation where it, it probably would be good for you to kind of pull back from associating with them as much is uh, maybe this person is now influencing you to do these things and drawing you away from a relationship with Jesus or causing you to disrespect parents or authority or that kind of thing. If that's taking place, then again, there does need to be some distance placed between the two of you. Yep. If there is any kind of physical abuse stuff taking place, absolutely get out of it. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not saying you got to stick around in that. But no matter what the situation is, in any setting that we have just mentioned, you can still love that person through it. Yep. And to Colin's point at the beginning, maybe you can't associate with them for whatever reason. You can still pray for them. Because, hey, God can still hang out with them. <laughs> Holy Spirit can still draw them. You know, he's not restricted by uh, someone who has gone off the deep end. And yeah. I hope I don't get on a rant here because I know this isn't rant time. But a little personal uh, to me is the, well, I, I just need to be accepted. I hope that I'm accepted and I hope that everybody uh, accepts me for who I am and I, if you are 100% committed to living your life for Jesus and living for God, you are going to face the enemy. And he may not be hopping along down the school hallway with his pitchfork. He's going to be, you know, so to speak, in that friend who wants to drag you away from that. Um, I see it, you know, all the time when I when I was doing uh, youth ministry at in the public high school is just how much the influence of peers has on the Christian student. And I I was at that public high school for two years and they tried their, you know, hardest on me as well. So be firm in your faith, stand strong and know that God is over all of it. And he's with you during those moments. Uh, You may seem, you know, it may feel like you're outnumbered, but I promise you, you would rather be on God's side than to be accepted by the cool friends. Yeah, absolutely. And like we were talking last week, you can't do it alone. Hmm. You know, you can't try to do this thing on your uh, on your own or by yourself. Yep. You know, find somebody to stand with you, whether it's a, another student that believes the same things you do and will, you know, be able to help hold you accountable and vice versa. You know, you can help hold them accountable. Uh, so maybe it's a student, um, maybe it's an older person, uh, could be a college student, could be a, you know, somebody at, uh, at church or at, you know, some other uh, organization that you trust and believe, I guess. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's an older sibling. Um, you've got to have that, that community. 
Hmm. You know, I think Tyler was talking about it last week. You've got to have that in these type situations. Yep. Because uh, otherwise, you are going to get pulled away, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, at that point, it's a lot more difficult to come back from that. Yeah. And at the same time, as other students could negatively influence you, you've got to also remember that you can influence them. Yeah. So again, be intentional. I think Colin used that word. Be intentional. That no matter what the students are doing around you. Uh, you can be that salt and light that Jesus has called you to be in whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance, love the person, show them Jesus. Yep. So, yeah, at any time on the podcast, I really like to connect my what I've said to just a verse. And, you know, a lot of times when a student hears just a direct verse from the beginning, they kind of tune out sometimes. I know I did when I was younger. So I like to speak, but then kind of show in the word where I got my basis from. So two verses to uh, just for y'all to chew on is uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Um, so just like we've been saying the whole time, you know, th- those people um, who don't, ha- don't share the same values or maybe a little different, whether they are your friends, that bad company is going to corrupt uh, the good character that you do have. And then also in Proverbs uh, twenty-seven seventeen, uh, one of my favorite verses, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, so to Tim's point today and Tyler's point uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, community. Um, be, be in community. Be with like-minded people um, who are going to sharpen uh, your sword, so to speak, in the pursuit of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And if, you know, obviously we're just a podcast. We don't know everybody who's listening to this. There's a lot of folks that listen to this that aren't even on our same continent, which is cool. Um, but obviously that means we can't have a, you know, a one-on-one personal relationship with, with you guys and the folks that listen here. But I would say that if there are certain situations that, you know, you connect to, uh, with hearing these questions that, you think, oh, hey, I'm going through something like that, or, hmm, I wonder how this particular situation lines up with what it is they're talking about. Feel free, shoot us an email. You know, we try to throw that out uh, every week, fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also shoot us a message on Facebook, or Instagram, Twitter, whatever that is, you know, whatever uh, platform you use. Uh, we're on it and would love to talk talk with you Um on that kind of thing, or even, you know, bring up some more specific questions here on the podcast. Love to talk about that. So anyway, that's our questions for today. We're going to cut it a little bit short. Again, Tyler's not with us, so cut out a lot of the useless stuff that has no meaning. And (laughs) (laughs) I know that's the stuff that everybody likes. So anyway, Uh, hold your britches. Tyler will be back at some point. Uh, Just not today. So anyway, (laughs) We do have a world record to wrap us up, though, don't we? Yeah, we do, and I I tend to keep coming back to these physical um, accomplishments, but here we go. I found this cool because this guy's old. Shout out old people. <laughs> Shout out to the old folks out there. This guy is 85 years old, and he rode his bike, the old bicycle with the pedals and the handles, and not your uh, not your Harley Davidson. 
Uh, the actual world record that he set says that he's the oldest person to cycle from Land's End to John O. Groats, and that's in Europe, so that means absolutely nothing to us people here in the U.S., nope. but basically, this trip is 874 miles. So basically, it's like bicycling around San Antonio. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, it took him just under, no, no, hold up. If you were to drive it, it would take you 15 hours. Oh, buddy. Yeah. And it took him right at four days. So that's not bad. I mean, he was booking it. Can you imagine riding a bicycle around San Antonio for four days? <laughs> I can't. Not one bit. And, and think about it if you were 85. Or if you had a baby shark in your little carry-on basket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm that, refraining that, from singing the song. I was going right to say now. that that brings a whole new meaning to the song "Baby Shark." <laughs> now, every time y'all hear that song, think about an old 85-year-old biking around San Antonio with a baby shark in his basket. Boom! With that, we done for the week. We'll check back with you next week. Gooses, we out.